Hello, everyone, and welcome to another very, well, actually, no, not another, not another. This is unprecedented. You understand this right here, NBs, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special occasion. I can't begin to describe how grateful I am to have this wonderful, eclectic, energetic empress on the Banter Pub FC this morning. We are chatting with the one and only Kalechi Okafor. If you do not know who she is, I will allow her to explain. But Kalechi, baby girl, thank you so much for being on with us today in the thank pub. You for having How me. are you? I'm well. I'm well. Um, I feel like the full moon is messing with me. Um, mm. So I'm feeling like a little bit lethargic, but excited to be here specifically so thank you for having me the feeling is absolutely mutual and thank you so much for being here we are joined also by el capitan neil um his words not mine just saying and also the one and only armor boys thank you very much for being here this morning yeah good morning of course of course let's make it happen y'all so we have so much to get into but we'll start with introductions kalechi as I said before we started recording, I feel like the people should know who you are already because you are out here. Just You've been doing the damn thing for a while now. Just out here. Just out here. So please tell the people then what it is that you do. Um, That's a difficult one. I just feel like ultimately I'm a baby girl. So that's what I tend to go by <laughs> because, um, yeah, I act, I direct, I write. So I've been doing lots of writing over the past few years. Um. I have a pole dance studio, so I founded a pole dance studio, and I have a podcast as well. I feel like that covers it. Like social commentary, like yeah, I w I'm really rubbish at these things. I want to hire somebody <laughs> to do my bio to kind of just say all of the things, look up all of the information, and do it for me because I'm so kind of like I think that's what I do. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly go to the uh, to the lie detector test. <laughs> <laughs> That too was a lie, baby girl. So, um, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, and of course, the million dollar question who do you support and why? I support Arsenal, and I've supported, um, supported Arsenal since I was like eight, eight years old. But I do feel like because Arsenal has stressed me out so much over the years, I kind of deviated and went over to um, F1. So I'm still an Arsenal supporter, but I watch more Formula One now. But if you asked me, like, if you woke me up at 2 a.m. in the morning and said, hey, wake up, fast, fast, kia, kia, who do you support? I'd say Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll say Arsenal. That There's no shaking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I, I'd like to go to more games and I'd actually like to get a jersey. I've never had a jersey in all the years that I support Oh, we're going to fix that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll fix that. <laughs> we'll fix that quick. No problem here. We um we specialize in drip here at the Banter Park. <laughs> um, so only the finest for the Empress Kalechi Okafor. And let me see. Who speaking of F1 then, who's your favorite driver? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Lewis Hamilton, probably to the point where he thinks I stalk him now. Like I think that to appease me now, he would just like double tap or he'll click like on my comments on his page because he's like girl i get it okay you're a fan behave <laughs> man just wakes up 
you know, gets his hair rebraided, you know what I'm saying? Um, He's living. And then just out here, just in Monaco, just kind of looking over the Vieira and saying, this is mine. All of it belongs to me. <laughs> and you're literally enjoying and obviously because he drives for mercedes as well and i call myself yes. the ben's panani womanist it wouldn't make sense yes. to like support any other team except for mercedes no. um you know so that's that's mm. where i find myself but he's excellent hamilton is excellent and he's also an arsenal supporter so boop 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 i mean listen mm. only the finest in our ranks um <laughs> to tell you the truth i mean as like- I mean, as the saying goes, what do we think of Tottenham? <laughs> shit. Yeah. What do we think of shit? Tottenham. I mean, the, the Arsenal women are proving that right this moment. Right this very second. <laughs> Good. Good. One. On their patch. On their Love patch. to see it. Was, it. was it ever any doubt, really? Right. So, <laughs> um, next question then, uh, you know, in the burning question segment of this, uh, of this wonderful interview. Um, who is your favorite player? Oh, well, is it that difficult time would be Thierry Henry? Because I just feel like he was a class act from when, you know, I've been watching football for as long as I've been watching football. I just think he's always been a class act. I remember one time bumping into him in Camden and absolutely freezing because I was just like, I'm, I've been confronted by um, a manifestation of God. What do I do now? <laughs> what, what, what do I do? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I bumped into Thierry Henry. So I probably would have the same, the same, uh, the same reaction. To tell you the truth, I mean, uh, if Arma, what, what would is the Thierry Henry the footballer that would do that for you, or is it somebody else? So, yeah, I mean, he is to me. He's he's the greatest Arsenal player I've watched, and and so yes, probably. But the player I want to meet the most, uh, former player, is. Uh, is Ian Wright because he sounds like he would be the most fun person to interact with. It's yeah, somebody who Ian. you know he wears his heart on his sleeve and is uh, genuinely fun. Yeah, I hear I, that. I hear that. Ian Wright is a G. Ian Wright, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's got me name. bouncing already. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, Uncle Ian definitely. Well, I mean, you know, Neil. Yes. In terms of former <laughs> players then, because obviously, you know, you made a mistake and you support Man United. But at the end what? of the day, what... What? what? Wait a minute. I'm just saying. Wait a minute. I'm just saying. But I'm saying, though. Have Arsenal won a treble? I didn't think so. Oh, so, wow. Oh, here we go. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, slander. I, I didn't realize that's what we're doing, slander. <laughs> <laughs> if you're asking me, though, which player would I... The, the, you know, who the, not only who my favorite player is, but who I would love to, you know, who has that adoration for me, it'd be Dwight York. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, part of one of the, uh, the, 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 the one, one of the two of the greatest strike forces in probably Premier League history. Without question. Um, Without question. Uh, and yeah, I, yeah, Dwight, Dwight's definitely up there for me. I'm still waiting to get a kid of his. Um, that is a goal. Um, I have a signed uh, Roy Keane uh, card, uh, but I need I need the Dwight York kit for sure. So Dwight York. Yeah. In this house, we we support uh, Vieira in the Vieira Keane uh, conflict. I mean, okay, 
Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just it, it just it, it screws up my face every time I hear his name. I I I'm, <laughs> I, I, I in the Vieira Keen thing, um I'll be honest, Vieira used to wind me up something rotten when I was younger. But then I realized that that was um that was a that was internalization of anti-blackness and I found oh, yeah. my way you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I found my way afterwards. It took, um, it took a scorpion kick by Giroud at the Emirates to go ahead and find my way, you see. But also with that and the persistence of um, one of my really good mates back, uh, back in London, uh, shout out to big man like Midas, man like Ross, who had been working me for years, talking about what you do in blood, what you do in blood, what are you doing? Blood? Who, what are you doing with your life? Blood? Then he found out, that was free for one evening because I don't know, he's got people in the ends or whatever. And he's just like, so you're rolling. Yeah. I got an extra ticket to the Emirates. You're rolling. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get devoured alive. You know, man is like, I'm not, I'm not part of the Arsenal family. They can smell it off me. <laughs> but as I said, time and again, and I'm going to finish writing about this. Um, that night changed my life and the way that the Arsenal supporters just embraced me and, like it's almost as if they understood the job. Like my, like Ross told them, we're we're converting him in it, and they all just like stay nada, and they all just made me feel so welcome, and they just basically just in no uncertain terms said you should be here, and it didn't it didn't take long thereafter. Certainly, when you hire Jose Mourinho, certainly doesn't take long for me to go ahead and come running for the hills and all that sort of fun stuff. But I have it's. It's more than just switching. It's about falling in love with football all over again. And Arsenal made that happen. So, yes, I apologize, Patrick, for all the things that I've ever said about you when I was younger. I was wrong. Okay. And Roy Keane can eat my ass from the back. Oh, right. So, um, <laughs> next question. <laughs> next question. Um, speaking of managers, who is your favorite manager, Kolech? The only manager I've ever known is Arsene Wenger. Like, he's the only, that's the only man that I have ever known. <laughs> There's no way I can ever go. <laughs> well, he wasn't going. No, 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 no way. He was leaving. He really was. But he left eventually. <laughs> he said, you're going to love me. That man hit the note, boy. Um, yes, obviously, big man like Arsene Wenger, which brings us to Arsenal and what they're about to face soon. So, a bit of backstory. Obviously, we have seen the fallout from the Rangers Slavia Prague second leg up there at Ibrox. Um, it turns out that Slavia Prague do something better than um, produce the kind of performances on the pitch to, you know, best opposition that are arguably better than them on paper. Racismo seems to be something that is very popular in Slavia Prague. We remember what they did to Rom- Romelu Lukaku. We remember what they've done to England players like uh, Raheem Sterling and, of course, well, on national duty anyway. And, of course, now uh, Mr. Kamara, who uh, apparently went ahead and delivered uh, expediently the hands in the uh, in the uh, terminal, allegedly, uh, the tunnel. Allegedly, yeah. yeah allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, Arsenal, it's now their problem because... We drew them for the, is it the quarterfinal? Quarterfinal. And yeah, 
man like Laka, man like Orba, man like Saka, who must protect at all costs. Kalechi, mm-hmm. how do you see this playing out and what do you think should happen? Should we have to play them in your estimation? Um, what should be the suitable punishment for Slavia Prague and their bullshit? I think it's one of those things where like, it's, it feels like rinse and repeat. Like nothing ever really gets done. All of this kick racism out of football crap, like not, not kick it out, kick it where? Where are you kicking it to when it's, when it's greatly entrenched in everything that you do? Imagine being able to, that, and this is just fans generally, singing a song for somebody who plays on your team and the song is racist, like, but you think that you're celebrating them. I feel like that's the, that's the cognitive dissonance that seems to like go on with um, a lot of, I'd say predominantly white um, football supporters. And so when something like this comes up, when we're like, look, these lot are racist as hell. We've seen it happen um, in various countries, racist as hell, even happen in Britain in and of itself. So what will be done now? Oh, we'll have a big conversation about it. The conversation will go nowhere. Then they're going to wheel out John Barnes to come and say that it's not a big deal. Every time they'll use John Barnes like kryptonite, no matter what's going on. Oh yeah, but in my day, I withstood it. You should just play, you should just play. No, I feel like there comes a point where the players just keep, they need to keep that same energy and say, I'm not, I'm, we're not playing. And as white players or non-black players, we support our black players to not play if you're going to allow this fuckery to kind of happen. But that's just my opinion. Do you remember those commercials, Kalechi, back in the early 90s when they would have, because like, you were just talking about kicking kicking racism out. And you, yeah. remember, you, remember, you remember those commercials where they would like have like David Beckham and uh, Drogba and like Ronaldinho and like all these international players like kicking a ball like from one country to another to another to to kind of represent the world game, the beautiful game. And that's how I feel like racism <laughs> is being handled. I, I feel like they're like, oh, it's not in this country anymore. We're going to kick it over here. It's not in this yeah. country anymore. We're going to kick it over there. And it's like, uh, okay, I guess it's Slavia Prague's turn, I guess. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, Slavia Prague. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, from, from the, their, their ultras and their club are just taking things to, another level but they as you already described you know between Ligon and France between you know what's you know we and we've talked about at length what's happening what, what's happened in Italy um we all remember what uh was happening to black players in the 90s uh in the Serie A and then obviously in the Prem Reece, as, as recently as two seasons ago when there were batteries being thrown uh, by Chelsea supporters to Manchester United players while they were trying to take a corner. Wow. Like, like the this, banana. Like, like we yeah. had racist incidents at the North London Derby just last season. Just, yeah, just last season. So, you know what like, I mean? It's a thing. So it, it's, it's gone nowhere. Like you're, like you're saying that the analogy with the commercial is like, it's, you know the the commercial in the commercial they're kicking the ball from country to country, but in reality they're just bouncing around each of their studios in each of their countries because the ball never actually goes anywhere. It's, it's always been there. It's always going to be there. There they just keep they just keep That's repeating. So yeah, you know I mean, like it's it's all what what we call film tricks, right? <laughs> every, every every reaction is a, is just a film trick. It's performative and ineffective and ineffectual right unless until um because i don't think it's going away in society writ large so it will be in football but what you do is 
you deter people from expressing it in such an overt and you know you you have to feel uncomfortable expressing your racism i want that to be the norm um at at minimum right like we have to at least get to that point where you don't you know you're doing something wrong and you don't feel comfortable doing it but then I wonder about that as well, because I actually think that, that that then goes on to build resentment. Like people just want to be able to express their racism unencumbered, you know, like just go wild with it. The moment that I feel like people are pushed um, to not and to keep, you know, to, to, to not show it. If they repress it, it's going to show elsewhere. And the fans are one thing, but then also it's the club itself. It's the coaches. It's the fellow players. Like... It's it's everywhere. And I think that when they are then forced to not show it, they then gather in little groups and that's when it festers. And then that's yeah. when actually they build up more momentum and then they collude with each other. And it's harder to be able to kind of disentangle that and say, okay, this is where it started. At least now when they're being wild with it, I can see you as the individual and then you over there and say, okay, I know the kind of people I'm dealing with today in this moment. Right. Um, so it's, it's so difficult because it's just like, what do you do? But like you say, if it's still a part of society, there's no way that football, um, which is a microcosm of exactly what we see in society, that 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 um, football will be insulated from that. Yeah. I, so I guess I feel like we've already been through the cycle you described where people were uncomfortable because of the penalties. And then, you know, over the last, this, I'd say maybe the last decade, there has been this kind of shift to the right all across Europe, all across the world, I feel like. And people have felt more comfortable. I remember it wasn't that long ago, Nazis were marching freely in Greece. You know, we remember neo-Nazis shooting up people in Norway. Like, I, I just feel like, there's just been we've we've seen this this weird expression come out and i feel like yeah i don't want you to feel comfortable because then you'll go like if if it's repressed and yes it'll express in other kind of nefarious insidious ways but i i don't know i i feel like the recipients the trauma that we experience as a result of that that open and free expression is like it, it dims my light when your racism shines so bright. Turn your yeah, thing yeah. down. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't want it. I don't want it in the zeitgeist free. Like, I mean, we know it'll be there, um, but we don't, I don't want it to be like dominant because we have like, I need other things to spend my energy on. But one thing we haven't, but one thing we haven't explored is slapping, you know, yes. hands. When you land someone the slap of your forefathers, wherever that racism wants to sit in their in their body, it will recalibrate. So I Amen. feel like I am not above, <laughs> I am not above landing people a, the kind of backhand that will make them nap for three hours and twenty five minutes. You do what you need to do. Like oh, at I the end of the motion. day. I love this motion. And I agree with the right honorable lady on this one. Um, yeah, I think the time for talking is done, isn't it? It's now time to just slap the shit out of people. Like, so give them two busa. Yeah, exactly. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. You know what I mean? We're going to Serena Williams your face, bruv. That's what we're going to do. You understand? All Yo, that's what gl- allegedly Glenn Kamara did. So, obviously, you know, we might allegedly. be on the right track. 
allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And uh, if that's what happened, then I allegedly support. I'm in full support of it because Absolutely. let Wonderful. me catch you in a tunnel. <laughs> mm. And let, 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 lest we forget how George Weyer allegedly handled his racial abuser. <clears throat> uh, his <laughs> nose got allegedly rearranged on his face and allegedly he had to have surgery to fix it. So I hope he allegedly learned his lesson all the way back then. <laughs> and don't you ever in your allegedly racist life, allegedly <laughs> racially abuse big man like George Weyer. Don't ever do it again. Amen. Amen. With that being said, this has had a ripple effect. And this is kind of, you know, we talked about how football is a microcosm of society and pretty much everything you see in society is played out raw and unadulterated in football supporter culture around the world. Um, you got your, you know, cultural je ne sais quoi for certain cultures and things of that nature. But ultimately, there is a common denominator, and that is white people are racist. So at the end of the day, <laughs> this spoke to Thierry Henry in particular, and he said that he is done with the socials until the racism is either effectively dealt with or eradicate it. He will not be returning. Kalechi, how do you see that playing out? Um, well, you know, Uncle Thierry Henry, he's he's a babe, isn't it? Like, I get what he's trying to do. And I think that maybe more um, public figures, maybe more celebrities, maybe more um, incredible legendary athletes need to kind of come together in that way um, and say that, you know what, I'm coming off. I'm coming offline because... I'm not doing it with you girls. I'm not doing it with you hoes. I'm not doing this anymore because it's, it, yeah, because I feel it. You know, I'm not a footballer. Fine. As a black woman that's very, very visible online, especially in a country that is, is as small as Britain in a city like London, people see me a lot and they see me a lot online. And the kind of abuse I get some days, I just think like, rah. So I'm meant to kind of chop this abuse swallow this abuse and then go on with life as if everything's hunky-dory like why should people have to tolerate that like if we're, mm -hmm. racism is one thing but if we're talking about gendered racism it's so specifically mm -hmm. misogynoir it's a madness mm -hmm. like I've got a whole entire life I only share probably like two percent of my life online but that two percent is enough for people to send me such abuse that the other 98 percent of my life I have to kind of re-up before I can live it so I understand where Thierry's um, going with it. At the same time, I think that when we talk about being able to deal with these things and deal with racism online as if it's a singular, isolated thing, that's what frustrates me because we need to start talking about racism as the systemic mechanism, as the institutionalised mechanism that it actually is. This mm. Lisbon is mad because I've got my braces in. But um, that's, I think... For me, that's what we need to focus on. And it's the same as, you know, I'll take it to F1. Everyone wearing their T-shirts about end racism. Who's going to end it, fam? Who are you talking to? Who, who, right. Are you expecting someone to see it? Get that, get that, get a picture of you in your T-shirt. Get that in their inbox and go, you know what? Yeah, guys, turn it off. Shut, shut it down. Shut the racism down. They've had enough. What fuck? Doesn't make any sense. So Thierry Henry saying he's not coming back until this is sorted. <laughs> fam, that means you're not coming back. Correct. I mean, we just have to kind of call it what it is. It's a valiant stand. And yeah, he's going to need support. So other people will need to do the same thing on his level. Somebody with his influence, you know, 
uh, that would obviously include you, Kalechi. So that means you would have to step off of social media as well, babes. So like, because uh, <laughs> yeah, she got a chopper, right? Like uh, her name, her at, she didn't put it in as a Kalechnikov. Like, you, you understand? Okay. <laughs> Banging <laughs> bear bullets all day. You understand? Big R1, she'll be there in 10. Get me. P money. <laughs> like, uh, just, I, 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 I agree. I think, a stand does need to be taken. And yes, there's power in divesting from you know, like platforms because obviously if your shine is off of it, it's that much more tarnished. But that can only work to a certain degree. I agree with the philosophy of saying that you know, we should extricate ourselves from the spaces in which we're constantly abused every day. But how realistic is that when this is also part of our everyday life, our livelihoods to a certain mm. degree? You know what I mean? It's just not realistic. So we have to put the owners back where it should have been in the first place, which is on the administrations that run these platforms. So Jack well, Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, um, who's the girl over there that runs uh, uh, that? Oh, no, sorry. Um, yeah, no, Alexis stepped down, didn't it? Yeah, he um, stepped down. So, yeah, uh, Alexis stepped down because, <laughs> I mean, I too would step down. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I, feel, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like... Um, yeah, I mean that's what he that's what that's what he was asking for is for the platforms themselves to take take some ownership and right. um and of the of the situation and figure out a better way to administer their platforms. But I, I just read something I don't know like earlier this week, maybe a couple of days ago, about you know Facebook and their AI team and like how they evolved and all that. And the fact of the matter of these platforms care about growth and nothing else. Right. Uh, like growth above all else and so um and that comes in often in the form of engagement and so you know negative um th there's no incentive for for them to actually properly moderate their uh platforms like that's yeah. anti-growth right like it's built into the like the bug is the feature Right. But this it's is not... it, yeah. That that's it. But to me, that's that's exactly the point that you know I was alluding to. That why why would they? What 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 do they get? What is the incentive for them to deal with what um, Thierry Henry is talking about? Racism, like racism, sells. Like literally, it sells. Like it is one of the major tenets of capitalism. If you didn't have racism, capitalism would not be able to thrive. These companies. They're capitalist, like they're, they're capitalist constructs, like they they thrive off that as well. So why would they um, deal with this? Because the thing is, when something like this happens, you lot come online and you have conversations about it, and thus you're keeping this platform relevant. So, um, Trump, look how long it took them to take Trump off social media, and they only did that because they they felt like, oh well, you know, we want to be on the good side of the people um, who look like they're going to be the ones that are running all of this stuff. For ages, they didn't want to deal with the very, very dangerous, very dangerous things that, uh, that Trump was saying. So if Trump is um, violating their guidelines and he only started vi violating community guidelines at the very last minute, then what hope does anybody else have? And a lot of these accounts are trolls or bots. Like, you know, it, it just feels very... I, I, I get where, um, what Thierry Henry is talking about and I definitely would support him with that. I would just want to offer more direction and more explanation of how all of these things actually intertwine and, and interplay. Yeah, I, um, I feel quite strongly that in, in, order to in order to do the divesting thing, 
there needs to be a much more, more robust strategy. It's one thing if an individual, you're basically doing a Pontius Pilate, you're washing your hands at the socials. Personally, I don't blame you. I left yeah. um, face. I had my fill of Facebook in 2016, not necessarily because just because of the Brexit stuff, but also when it came out that Cambridge Analytica were involved and they used Facebook data to kind of run that, um, the influencing campaign that they ran for the last three months. So I was just like, now nah, I'm out, I'm done. Um, and I should have probably should have done that way beyond that, but it's not as if they're still not the largest social network in the world. It's not as if billions of people are still using their services every day. And it's not as if they haven't contributed to other atrocities, like what's going on in Myanmar, what's going on, um, you know, with the, the, the Rohingya and things of that nature. And like, it's really, really nasty what Facebook has done to influence that sort of stuff going forward, but it's not, it's going to take more than just divesting from the platforms because the problem still exists and still needs to be sorted with, you know, it's going to put onus on people to do something about it, at least whoever's in charge, but just walking away from it. I mean, that it's, it's kind of like in terms of climate change, people stress that you must become a vegan. Okay, cool. But what does that tell agribusiness about the practices that they're doing right now? They're only going to continue to cake off of what it is that you buy to eat. So it's like, it's more of a systemic thing that needs to be dealt with in my estimation. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a valid point, but I think Kalichi's point about um, capitalism, like these are, these platforms are capitalist constructs means that, you know, there's always an incentive, you know, so, so, you know, uh, one of the, one of the, solutions that have been proposed in the past about the platform behavior is like, well, transition to a platform with better practices, right? Quote unquote. But the plat if that platform is a for-profit construct, like they'll fall into the same trap, right? Like yeah. because of the nature of capitalism, right? And so which requires that somebody gets exploited somewhere down the chain, right? Um and so racism, which allows you to um justify that um that exploitation by virtue of some kind of inferiority superiority or whatever dynamic allows you to do you know it's like hey it's fair, that's a good trade off for me um because i i get something it, it it assuages your conscience um and so i don't know you know so like divesting from these platforms is not going to do anything uh material and then you know, going to an alternative, it's not really going to do anything because they have the same, you know, they'll have the same problem. If they don't start off that way, they end up that way. Don't mm -hmm. be evil turns I into mean, e evil incorporated within the course of a decade. You know, I so. mean, I, I think there's something to be said. Uh, I mean, obviously, Uncle Thierry, Thierry's uh, argument has merit on its on its on, on the surface. However, um, there's something to be said, and you raised a great point, Amo, with all of these transitions to all of these uh, new platforms. I mean, there was an effort at some point several months ago for Black people to, or Black Twitter to transition off of uh, uh, Twitter and go to one of these, you know, this random developer, this random Black developer developed this site that he was saying, we all need to go here for our Black social experience. And it's like, my guy, you're website doesn't even have an SSL certificate that's active. So why would we even 
want to like and yes, I'm getting into the weeds of of of, of tech with that statement, but that's well, you a, have to, a, but you have but, to, but 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 that's a major security risk. We're we're like we're not even getting to racism if the privacy is an issue. <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, just look uh, at what's going on with the girls at Gab. Like, Gab have gotten their shit raided enough times already. You yep. understand? Yep. They're talking big, big talk about freedom. Well, obviously, the freedom to commit identity theft is alive and well on Gab because them man there got raided, all details raided, and they didn't even, according to Ars Technica, they didn't even force users to change their passwords when that happened. The, the person ultimately responsible for it was the CTO, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Like, bruh, it's all good and well saying come to the promised land, but if you don't know how to administrate the promised land, who's going to eat? You know what I mean? Ooh, like, that's the point. If you don't know how to run the promised land, who's going to make it there first? And who's going to want to stay there when they find out, say, that somebody pissed in the milk and honey? Like, it's not going <laughs> to work. It's not going to work. So, yeah, again, a much more robust solution is needed. But I'll let Kalechi have the final word as she is our distinguished guest. So, Kalechi, what what does support for Thierry Henry in his endeavour look like? I think that support for Thierry Henry comes in many, like, it, it, it has a number of facets. So those who understand what he's trying to, the outcome that he wants and how to technically go about it, being able to communicate that, and those who want to show in terms of en masse support, for them to kind of do like a blackout, because I think that those things do get noticed as well. You don't have to like stay off forever, but if you can get a large number of people to not be online at the same time as you, that gets picked up by the media. It continues like the conversation on through mainstream media and you can't ignore it in that way because then it's been documented, isn't it? It's been archived. Like we know what's, what's happening. And that at one point in 2021, Thierry Henry said, I've had enough of you lots bullshit. And people supported him with that. So there's that, you know, so it's about using everyone's like differing skills to get that point, like really, really like push that point. Because how many times is Dawn Butler, for instance, the first black UK um, female MP, how like how much abuse does she have to receive? How many death threats does she have to receive? Um, the, so, sorry, Diane Abbott. Then Dawn Butler's oh, getting the um, Diane as well. Yeah. yeah. So Diane Abbott, first black UK um female UK MP, like she's getting all this abuse. Dawn Butler's getting all this abuse. These black women who are members of parliament getting all of this ab abuse disproportionately so in comparison to their white members, white female members of parliament. And yet these sites, Jack is sitting there with his long beard doing nothing. So you know, supporting somebody like Thierry Henry, supporting people like Diane Abbott, supporting people like Dawn Butler means that eventually the mainstream audience will have to take note of the fact that this is actually vile. This is disgusting. Yep. Um, it's one thing to get the optics, but then, of course, um, as my um, as, as one of my friends uh, here in Philly, one of my good friends in Philly says, OK, we got the optics. Now, what does the strategy look like? Mm -hmm. What does what does support for the movement look like how mm. we are going to continue to keep this train moving um and those are important questions so yeah Thierry, we support what you're doing but we also know that you're going to need help so yeah it's it's just one of them things so i think it's if, if it's not on us to uh, you know discuss with him and ask him what it, i mean it's not like we can at him now because he's, he's 
But if it's one of the things we have to discuss with him, what it looks like, what his vision looks like, that's cool. But also we are wary of doing anything centralized as well because it's easy to target people and movements like that. So we should probably discuss amongst ourselves what we're going to do now that he's gone and are we going to join him for a sustained period of time. During that time, what is that we're going to do in terms of forcing meetings with these with these people, which we've had before, and they've done the you know the horse dead and the cow fat and all that sort of fun stuff, and they've not changed anything. But yeah, it's pressure. It's pressure. Speaking of pressure, Williams hairline. Let's go. To talk about that. That's how we know which one's the evil brother. Like you. I like mean, look. The universe told us. The whole crown is evil. Like, the crown yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Look at Harry yeah. and look at the rest of the family. Now look back to Harry and look at the rest of the family. <laughs> now look at Harry one more time. And now look at the family one more time. There is a reason why Harry's skin is moisturized. There is a reason why his hairline is still intact. There is a reason why he has no patches in his beard. And that's because <laughs> he figured it out late by his own admission, according to the Oprah interview, which was Bombshell City. But we knew it would be. We were just wondering how many bombshells there would be. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But with that being said, obviously, Wills is president of the FA. Um, and we're talking about, you know, with people divesting from the socials and things of that nature, one of the people that that should put pressure on is him. Now, with that we also have to talk about the crown and the monarchy and how much influence they have on the not just the game but the people in the mm. game as well how or what do we need to do to finally get these crusty parasites in buckingham palace to stop not not, not necessarily to just stop but also to do better at their big big age um, I don't think that they can do better. I think it's like a fruit, like it's that, I know it's a legal term, but it's like the fruit of the poison tree. Like the entire thing is rotten. So what are we going to, what are we using it for? I feel like actually that would be the hardest thing for a lot of people. They can um somehow get their head around moving away from the monarchy, understanding that it's redundant and it's oppressive and, you know, it's time to pay for what you... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Antiquated, archaic, all of that. Like, we know that we don't um, need it. But then the moment you say, oh, by the way, but William's president of the FA, then it's like, oh, but you know, I love my football. Like, oh, I don't know now. I don't know how we're going to do this. Because we also know that having those links with the Commonwealth also helps with the way that um, things are planned within, you know, the entire like footballing industry as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this is what I think about when I think about um, when we really talk about dismantling and um, white supremacist patriarchy and the fact that the monarchy is a manifestation of that. Just understand all the things that become unraveled once you pull at that thread. So many things like the beautiful game, quote unquote, so many things become affected when we start looking at the fact that, oh, could William have been the one who allegedly had concerns about the colour that Archie was going to be when he was born? So if if the president of the FA is also um, uh, allegedly racist, then why would the entire industry not be the same? Yeah, it starts from the top down. I mean, they talk about trickle-down stuff in terms of money, but what they don't want to focus on is that actual 
philosophy as praxis is how things work sociopolitically, maybe yeah. not economically or socioeconomically to a certain degree, because the money does not trickle down down no. to these down to these ends, but the racism does. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love seeing what we're seeing with the repatriation, all of the man them and gal them, they're coming home. And I love <laughs> to see it. That's what the truth, it's coming home. Yes, that's the one it meant. That's, that's what it should one. mean anyway. That's, that's the, the real yeah. one. <laughs> the only one that's going to happen. What do you mean to you when you saw the news of Nigerian and Jamaican players divesting from the uh, the English football system and coming back? I love it. I think that it goes, it's it's a representation of the healing that we need as the African diaspora, like the black diaspora, like it goes, it, that is the healing that we need where we have confidence, where we have um, uh, the self-esteem to know that our countries of origin, they are deserving of our excellence. They are deserving of our talents. You know, like we, we know that, you know, that sort of thing where it's kind of, it's all of what is they called what do they call it Dra- drain something ta- you know drain. That ta- that's it brain drain but in this case it's just you know talent drain all of the drains them that's what's happening and finally melanin we, drain girl everything melanin drain all of that mm-hmm. seasoning drain all of that so now we're taking all of our talents back and actually that would then be interesting like let us compete then let us compete, not now all of us com- competing under your European brand of fuckery. Let's all go back, because you keep saying, go back to where you came from. All right, cool. Let's all go back to where we came from then, and let's play this game again. And suddenly, let's see what, let's start seeing what all of the scoring looks like. All of, you're going to look mad. You All of you across Europe are going to look mad. And I love that you. for you. It, it's it's like the, I, I love it too. It, it's like the, um, and I'm going to use another, uh, metaphor here but it's like the uh uh the end of the first space jam uh when the monsters had to put their hand back on the ball and they 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 they, they started out of these you know and and i imagine them are like these major countries and then all got sucked back into the ball and got reassociated with the black talent and you know <laughs> automatically <laughs> turn into microscopic things and you know <laughs> That is one hell of a brilliant analogy, though, because it's yeah. that's what it is. They basically just assume. See, been leeching, leeching for centuries, right? Yeah. Trust yeah. Leeching, 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 Trust me. Trust me. There is no bigger parasitic entity in the UK today than the monarchy. They have been that for hundreds of years. Every head in the country is taxed, even the even the youth them, and they don't even pay taxes. You understand? Yes. Like. Yes. They have entitlement to what's called duchies, which is basically like prime real estate. Mm-hmm. You understand? They own that land. That's where they make a lot of money, not from the tourism. The tourism is actually like an added bonus. That's just part of the books that they're that they're balancing here. But, but they the claim people that. people will still visit even when they're not in the palace. So we don't. They, people like to claim more, but it's tourism. We need the monarchy for tourism. No, we don't. They've done enough touring, as far as I'm concerned, on their part. So they can go because people. We've seen it happen in France. Like people will still visit your palaces even when you lot are not there. So you can go That's and get a job. Man. Go and get a job. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You can go get a job right now. <laughs> like you know, go head right down onto Job Center Plus. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and fill all that out. Fill all that out, girl. Get on your universal credit until you're able to. I mean, Harry found a job. Hey, right? Hey, 
He he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. So what you meant? <laughs> anyway, the point being is that yes, it's a beautiful thing because as the old saying goes, "Build it, and they will come." Amen. People people in the diaspora are skeptical, not just diasporic black people, but people who are still there on the motherland in those countries that we were um, expatriated from, if you like. Yeah, there, there was a there was an anxiety saying that you know if we build this, is it gonna is it gonna bang? That's not the point. The point is, is we do not have it, and what we do have is bare bones infrastructure that should be built upon. We invest into that. It's only a it's only a matter of time before white people do what white people have always done, and they come and clock what it is that we are doing to yes. see what kind of value they can extract out of it. And if they find it threatening, just like in this country, in the United States, they will destroy what it is you're building. Tulsa, yeah. Rosewood, all these places, the history does not lie. And if they haven't learned their lesson, that is not our problem. As my dad mm. said in a conversation that we had recently, he said, son, we're just going to have to build what it is within their world and defend it to the death. And he I is not wrong. He's not wrong. What uh, what else do we have to lose except yeah. nothing? <laughs> like yeah. we, we, have, we have. Like, I want to see the World Cup groups look bare different. I want to see yeah. all these men and all these them coming from the, you know, obviously in the women's um, side of things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, the women's side of things, Cameroon and Senegal, and you know all the you know the gal them have been doing it. Like you saw what happened um, against New Zealand, found out what happened against Cameroon when my girl went ahead and scored not one but two luscious goals, but the second one though still gives me life. But still, the man them, it's there now. You see everybody's just, you see everybody's doing it. Like Max Aaron's is thinking about it. If it doesn't work out for England, he's coming to Jamaica. You see what um, Victor Moses then man there did before the latest crop went ahead and decided to come back. As a matter of fact, one of those names is top scorer in Afcon right now. Victor on is 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 it not Victor on um, Omishen? Osimen. Um, Osimen. Excuse me, I keep thinking there's a nation there, but like, yeah, he was one of the ones that repatriated himself back to Nigeria, and lo and behold, he's banging him in. Like it's. Yeah. Ininacho is somebody who's done it. Like, oh no, Kelechi is like under. He's definitely a domestic oh, he product. He's, he's well, a, no, he was a, he was an under sixteen phenom mm. from local. Like, so that's the thing about Nigeria. Like, the football talent. Like, you could take every international player off and just round up a, some a ragtag group of players, and they, the talent that you will find, like on the ground in Nigeria, is immense. So we actually don't need these players to come back to be better. But what they bring is, you know, the professionalism that they have experienced in these other environments, right? And they've these experiences, like we play a more tactical game now than we have in the past, right? Um, and I think uh, we're a little more solid than we have been. We, we're it, it used to be just vibes and just the, the raw <laughs> talent pushing us forward. Right, so when we had the elite in the mid '90s, the elite crop of players with this just generational talents that happened to coincide with one another, we won the Olympic gold medal, right? Qualified for the World Cup for the first time, 
like all that happened with this special group, but they were technically, they were not being coached. They were not being coached in, in any real way, right? It was the players themselves made, made the team amazing. And that's what we've always had. We've always had the talent up till now. So the question is, if we bring these guys home, if we bring, if they get, get their coaching badges, come back and participate in grooming the next crop. Let's build, let's start an actual project, a development yes. project. Um, so, so that we can build a pipeline. I think there's stuff happening on the ground that's exciting in Nigeria. There's, I mean, there's women's league. It's been around for a while. Um, in Ghana, same thing. Like there's, there's movement happening on the ground. It's up to us to like, pull up like to, to continue to raise the levels yeah yeah definitely and you know i'll just add like you know we've talked about it countless times on this podcast as far as uh re you know repatriating like um can you imagine what countries like particularly like the french national team who just came off a world cup added yeah. their third star you know what and we and it was immediately talked about by only black people because all the white French were talking about oh my god it's so amazing I, but at the end of the day without all that black talent they would not have come close to winning a world club and I'm and I am not including the one who wears blackface who plays for Barcelona um, uh, he is not counted in that number however <laughs> however. Um, despite the fact that he actually is South African. Um, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not South African. He's an Afrikaner. Let me, let me. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's okay. Afrikaans. Oh, excuse okay. me. Okay. Oh, my um, God. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, the, um, the, you know, the way, the way in which those players could operate in, the go, you know, kind of, re, you know, go, going home, Right. All of those francophone players going home, um, all of the you know, all the England players going home, all of the you know, Dutch players going home, um, mm -hmm. and, so, and so on and so forth. Um, and the United and the United States too, because and, why not? I mean, yeah. United States, black and brown, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the team would just be uh, uh, N.R. Amar and uh, Michael Bla uh, Michael Bradley and. They wouldn't be able to win anything. Um, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you see where this season comes from. As Kalechi says time and again on Say Your Mind, you see how seasonless these people are without us. Yes. It's just. Yes. So, with that, let's put the final question, put, uh, um, put this wonderful episode to bed. Um, Kalechi, what, in terms of this repatriation project, would you like to see now going forward that we've now gotten to this point? like what Amma said like it's great that the um players are coming back cool but don't forget that there's the raw talent there's the young talent that they also need that direction they also need access to facilities I'm really really big on access and resources like mm. we've got absolute stars in our in our home countries we've got absolute superstars but without access without resources then how can they do what they need to do and I think that Nigeria definitely you know when I think about Nigeria specifically need to invest even more in providing the facilities that would allow for um these the youth to be like absolutely world class in every um regard of the term you know 
not just having the physical skill and um, having the intuitive um, tactical um, sort of skills, but for not for it to just only be intuitive, it would be great for them to have the resources for them to actually understand also what they are doing in the large, you know, in the large scheme of things. Um, that's what I would like, because then I think that then we're real contenders. And when you can start di- redirecting that money back home, yes. then yeah, it's going to be a madness. Yeah, that when that pipeline is open, boy, they're going to lose their mind, boy. I tell you mm-hmm. what. And by they, I mean, you know, uh, the melanin deficient. With that, <laughs> with that being said, I don't know. What, what, is more, what, is, what is more potent than thank you? Because thank you so much for being on Kalechi. God thank knows you for I having me. Thank you for having me, guys. Love you too. Thank you all for having me. But yes, this has been a very special episode of the Mantapop FC. Still the saucy team in the game and still the spiciest takes on the pitch. You already know what to do. Be sure to follow us on the socials. The thing that the Uncle Terry has divested from. So we obviously won't get him as a follower, but I'm sure that if he's ever, you know, surfing on the web, he can go and check us out. But you have no excuse. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Banter Pub FC. Follow on us uh, on our YouTube and Twitch streams. We're going to be doing more Twitch streaming stuff soon. I promise it's going to be football manager related as well. Chatting with a few men them, and we're going to get into that. YouTube stuff is also coming, so uh, hold tight for that. If you like what you heard, don't know already. Pocket Cast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. I don't know. If you have to bang two rocks together and clap, just make sure that you're tuning in. Like, subscribe, review us, follow us, tell your friends them. For Ama and Neil, and obviously follow Kalechi, please, at Kaleshnikov. If you have not done it, you are not you are not serious. You need to get on your job. You need to fix your behavior and follow this empress. Follow this woman. She is unbelievable. She is an absolute force of nature. The closest thing we have in real life to Storm from X-Men is right here. You understand what I'm saying to you? Get on it. At Kaleshnikov. She's... She keeps a full clip. And if you think we keep a full clip, she keeps an arsenal. And we ride for her. So make sure you follow and support the girl and everything that she's doing. For Neil and Arma, I am Joseph. Always watch your back post. We'll see you next time at the pub. Take care.